Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. You have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite willing participants to come on to the show and get coached live and in person. Today, my guest is Andrew Kelly. He's a local for me. He's from Toronto, and he is the country manager at a company called Size Sense. I had to practice that word like 12 times before I said it. (laughs) Andrew, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks for having me here. So what is Size Sense and what do you do as country manager? That's a great question. So Size Sense is a late stage startup and they're a cloud and data analytics platform that empowers organizations uh, with the analytic agility they need to make decisions. Okay, so an analytics company. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, tell us about your role in this company. Yeah, absolutely. So it's day 14 for me right now, which is wow. great. Um, Congratulations. Very, thank you. Very excited. Uh, so I was hired as country manager to basically build out the Canadian region. Okay. Build out meaning hiring people, recruiting people. What does build out mean? Absolutely. So basically hiring a full team uh, of sales and technical to go after the market in a much more focused and tactical manner. So, Okay. Full team, sales, marketing. Okay. Uh, mostly sales, technical uh, will likely leverage the marketing from uh, the global organizations. Okay. Got it. Sales and technical. Okay. So 14 days in, how's it going so far? Absolutely fabulous. It's great. I love the people, love the culture. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's, I, was, I was telling you earlier, it's about 700 plus people. Uh, very exciting. Um, still growing very rapidly in, uh, in this world we live in right now. And uh, like I said, very focused and, uh, you know, hiring and proactively kind of going after new markets like Canada. So. Okay. And so what would you say at this point, 14 days in, COVID still going on, lots of kind of just world challenges. What is your most uh, prevailing challenge right now? So the big, the challenge that kind of lies in front of me, which is really an opportunity is to basically kind of recruit and build that team uh, and build the best team I can in the market conditions that we, we live in right now. So, you know, a typical enterprise salesperson is now, uh, you know, the same as an inside salesperson, everybody's using a phone and zoom. So how do I put the best kind of team or the best set of athletes essentially on the field to kind of go win? Okay. So is it, um, I guess my first question is, are you clear about what you're looking for? What background, what experience, what skill sets, what drive? Like, are you clear about the picture of the person you're looking for or the people you're looking for? Well, I think that presents the biggest challenge because, you know, this world we live in, this kind of LinkedIn world where everybody's kind of serially profiled based on what you did in the past. Um, I found that through my search was that it was really difficult to find the outliers and the people that stand out. And uh, all the recruiters that I talked to basically used LinkedIn. So everybody's using the same playground and the same platform. 
So what I want to find, and we're, you know, I built this team, I've done this before uh, in my previous role, was I want to find the people that don't necessarily fit that profile, but are going to excel in an environment like this. So that's the big challenge is basically weeding out the hundred or so or 200 kind of qualified applicants down to the people that are going to excel in this kind of opportunity. Okay, so define that. Like, I mean, from, from my perspective, the first and most important thing that you need to do is really know what you're looking for. So how do you know someone doesn't fit the profile but will excel? What are the determining factors? Is it their past experience? Is it their attitude? Is it their, you know, their desperation? Some people are desperate in this day and age. What is the compelling factor for you that says, yes, this person is the right fit? Is it a culture issue? Uh, it's definitely a culture fit. It's definitely somebody that's willing to, you know, work hard. So it's definitely a work ethic. Um, and so performance and work ethic. So somebody that's coming with the foundation, I can, and the organization can teach them the platform and the analytics uh, and how to position uh, the platform. We have a, you know, a very strong foundation there, but it's finding those people that, uh, like I say, that bring those, that kind of DNA of strong work ethic, ability to pick up the phone, prospect, because um, we really need kind of people that are going to, to do that versus expect things to be kind of passed to them and to be worked on. So, so here's a question for you. Um, is, it, is there a process for you where you're getting a whole bunch of candidates to the door and you need to weed through them? Or is it a process where like you're not even getting any candidates and you just need to go find them and figure out some way to make this an attractive offer? Well, exactly. We're at the point now where we're just about to open those floodgates, right? So we haven't cast the net at all yet. So I'm using my internal network. I know a bunch of people. I knew this is, uh, you know, I've been working on this opportunity for a while. So I have kind of a short list of people. What, and I know their strengths and weaknesses, and I've had those conversations, and that helps me. Uh, typically, in a you're looking for those successful patterns, right? So if I found somebody from a certain organization, I can go get five more from that organization if they were trained properly, had the right DNA. Um, uh, we have some competitors in the space that we could do that with. But for me, it's as I go to cast that net, what do I do? And what are the questions that I ask? And the, what, you know, for me, just like when I joined this organization, I was looking for strong leaders that could coach me, mm -hmm. people that are willing to be coached, right? So people that are willing to grow and, you know, and that's the biggest kind of challenge opportunity. Yes. Okay. So that's good. So there are two things that we really want to talk about is how do you screen? Actually three things. How do you screen? Mm -hmm. What's your compelling recruiting offer? And then how do you build your team and make sure that they are actually performing? Right. So right. those, those are three separate, but connected activities. Right. So from a, from so the first part is the recruiting piece actually is how do you bring people to the table because the worst possible scenario is that you have no options to choose from so we want to address that mm -hmm. we want to address that by making sure we have a wide group of people to sort through for starters and so the question becomes you know what makes a compelling offer and Sure, it's the job, it's the position, it's the industry, it's the market, it's the role, it's all of that stuff. 
It's obviously the salary too. And with those things, you know, in a way we're just competing with other job offers that are out there. But what is going to be your key differentiating factor? And that's the question that you need to ask yourself is how am I actually going to build the team? And from my perspective, anyone who sticks with an organization not only sticks with the organization because they like the brand, they like their bosses, they like the people, they like what they're doing, but because there's something in it for them that provides them with growth. There's something in it for them that provides them the opportunity to continue developing. And sometimes that happens as an accident, and sometimes that happens deliberately with smart leadership. And so now the, the, you know, so for me, how do you position any ad, whether you're putting it on LinkedIn or, or anywhere quite on your website, how do you position something that says, yes, we're looking for a salesperson who's willing to pick up the phone in and of itself. That's not so compelling. What's the, what's, what is that differentiating factor? And my strong advice, in my opinion, based on years of experience is that companies that really thrive have leaders who have an ability to coach, who have truly developed coaching skills. And that needs to be part of your compelling offer. But it can't be something that's just in writing and not in practice. It has to be something that you actually execute. And so my advice to you is to think about what is the structure I need to have in place to make sure that I'm helping the people on my team continuously develop, not only in their roles, but as human beings? Should I go out there and learn coaching skills? Should I bring in some kind of external coaching to the, to the organization so that people don't just leave because they're frustrated? How do I keep track of not only their performance, but their mood as they are maybe failing sometimes because that's part of the sales process. How do I help them grow when things aren't going their way all the time? How do I factor that in? So how do I create an environment that secures a win, but is also secures support when there are moments when we're not winning? So for me, those are the questions that are really, really important. When you put together a job offer when you put together an ad. So that's thing number one. Thing number two, let's look at the screening process. Have you ever read a book called The Who Method? No. Write it down. So The Who Method is an amazing book for helping you select the right individuals. My favorite chapter is the chapter on the interview process. And so, you know, one of the things that the author suggests is that we really look at kind of bits and pieces of history. In other words, let's go back to what's not on the resume and let's understand what this person did at every point. So you went to school and then what happened and then what happened and then what happened, right? So we're getting the whole entire picture and we're filling in all the gaps and people do have gaps in their lives. That's not the important thing. It's how they're telling the story that matters. And what we're looking for is consistency. We're looking for truthfulness. We're looking for someone who's not skirting, right? We're looking for honesty. The other piece of it is, is how we 
uh, collect references. So a lot of people put, you know, references upon request or here are my three top testimonials of people who have worked with me. What you want to do is you want to get your candidate to tell you stories. So you might ask, so what was your most challenging experience? You know, did you have a client that, you know, really gave you a hard time until finally you pushed through? And then you might say, who was that client? And you might ask for that client's name. And then you might ask your candidate to connect you with that client because that's the referral you want as opposed right. to the referral you gave. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's about getting the referrals that aren't on that sheet of people that they may have had struggle with to really understand what that looked like and why that happened. People they don't necessarily want you to call. And one of the questions you might ask is, when I call Joe, what will he tell me about you? Not if I call Joe, when I call Joe. And that's an important distinction because the message is I am going to call Joe. So I encourage you to be truthful right now. And so that's the thing is how do you have interviews that are truly honest so that you're getting the information up front, that you're not discovering things after the fact, after the point of hiring. So this is a very powerful book. The third part, so we talked about recruiting. We talked about, you know, screening, you could say. And the third part is um, how do you actually work with them once they're on your team? Right. And so, oh, you know, you might identify goals that they have and you might set out, you know, here's what you need to accomplish month one, month two, month three, et cetera. And we might look at their actions and their activities and that's all good and fine. But what I encourage you to do, and I think this is very important, is understand how they think and understand how their thinking may or may not be interfering with their ability to execute the requirements in order to reach their goals. And so really understand how they see things, what their attitude is like, uh, how they feel when somebody completely rejects them and explore those things. And that will be very important to you as you coach them into higher and higher and higher performance. So those are the three things that I would encourage you to look at. You know, what's my compelling offer and what's my point of differentiation? I would propose to you that coaching and, and personal development is crucial. Otherwise, it's just a sales job. The second piece of it is how do we select the right people? And the interview process is very, very important, making sure that you're asking questions that extract truthful answers. And the third piece of it is when they're on the team and when they're performing and failing, how are we able to coach them effectively? And for me, it's not only by helping them change their behaviors, but looking at the thinking that drives the behaviors and, and the outcomes that they're getting. So those are the three kind of elements that I would encourage you to look at. Now, that's great. And, and I think, you know, one of the interesting things is as I was uh, interviewing and looking at and researching SciSense, 
they do have a in their culture in the dna they do have this concept of moonshot your career which i loved right this person started here and now they're here and a lot there's a lot of that mobility which is great right and so as you're building a team in canada people are often looking at it saying okay well you know headquarters is not here what are my opportunities but it's it i think that's part of it and i think th- what you said around the interview process is for me is that's one of the areas I could definitely be stronger is how to be a better interviewer, right? How to flush those things out. The question I guess back would be, you know, I love to coach people. And part of the motivation for this role too, is that I could have people closer versus managing a team globally where to coach them, uh, hire people that are in an earlier stage in their career. But how would I identify people that are coachable or more coachable or that can grow um, into that, the role versus uh, people that aren't. Well, have you ever spoken to someone who has a great deal of resistance? Could be a wife, right? <laughs> Could be anyone, yes. right? Okay, so, so resistance is usually a sign that someone is closed or has their arms tightly around, right? Wrapped around their current way of looking at life. So you want to explore for resistance, because we don't, it's harder to coach someone who has a high degree of resistance than it is to coach someone who's open, right? So we want to test for resistance. Okay. How would you do that? Um, we, might, we might say something like, hey, what would you say if I asked you to do this? What, if, what would you say if I listened to your calls? What would you say if, um, or you might here's I remember this from from a a friend of mine her name is Sabrina Sterling and she's a doctor and she has a a psych background and she uh, actually helps people hire the right people but one of the things she asks is tell me about your favorite teacher what made them your favorite teacher so you're learning about what motivates them what gets them working what gets them engaged Mm -hmm. Tell me about your least favorite teacher, the teacher maybe you hated. Why did you hate that teacher? And understand where they have a rub, where they have that friction, where they are not thriving. And in that conversation, you might pick up places where they have an experience of resistance. But I thought it was brilliant because when you're young, your teachers are essentially your leaders, right? These are the people who can either help you thrive or who completely shut you down. So you also want to learn what kind of leader will work for this person. So you want to learn all of these elements, uh, but as much as possible, try to identify where they experience friction, dissatisfaction. So you might say, you left your last job. Why did you leave? What happened? Um, what was your boss like? Did you ever have um, disagreements with your boss? What were the disagreements about? Right. Right? So you want to learn about where a person feels uncomfortable because discomfort is usually aligned with resistance. Right. No, that's great. And I think one of the things too, like I said, is, looking for people that want to coach, be coached or, or coachable. And for me, developing as a coach. So, you know, one of the things that again, attracted me here was the leadership team, very, you know, very senior, um, 
And uh, like I said, uh, great from that perspective for me from a career opportunity, but I want to be able to uh, evolve and develop every day, right? So how do I get better each and every day versus, as I was saying, I get, you know, in the previous jobs, I was building a team in Canada. Then they gave me the US, I got sidetracked, right? I, and and it, then it became all about the numbers, right? So I, I'm becoming a coach, but I'm basically a, a sales coach versus a personal coach as well to be able to help people develop and give them more opportunity. So I have a very strong biased opinion about this because I run a coaching company. <laughs> absolutely, and absolutely. my feeling is that leaders become great coaches when they experience great coaching. And so, I mean, the it's astounding how much progress a leader makes when they have someone in their corner who is uh, looking out for their blind spots, who is helping them maximize their strengths, who is helping them handle challenging situations more effectively and rapidly. So for me, like an executive without a coach, like I just don't understand why anyone would do that. But again, I am biased. My strong opinion is to uh, get someone in your corner and learn through them how to coach and then go back to your team and apply what you learn and develop yourself as a leader. And again, for me, my strong, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, we collected a ton of data from highly, highly driven entrepreneurs across Canada and the US. People who run companies anywhere from $5 million up to $750 million, large companies, not little, you know, little companies. And we asked them a question. The question was, how confident do you feel in your coaching skills on a scale of one to 10? And then we also asked the question, how satisfied are you with your team's performance? It's almost a 100% relationship. The more a person feels equipped to coach, the more satisfied they are with their team's performance. It's like it's a straight line relationship. And so when leaders say, how do I get my team to perform? I say, if that's your challenge, that's an indicator that you need some development in the area of coaching. Right. Yeah. So, and it's universal. Right. And can you find, can that coach be someone in the organization and someone outside? Can it be multiple people? Sure. I have multiple coaches, of course. Um, and you have to decide who's going to work for what purpose, right? Cause you don't right. want different coaches contradicting each other. So you, you want to make sure that you're aligned on both fronts and that, um, uh, it's a right fit for you. Good. Good. Yeah. Anything else? No, that was great. I really appreciate it. It gave me a lot to think about. And, uh, said the, I like the three breaking it into three kind of separate areas kind of allows me to kind of focus and build through that. So, Andrew, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me, for sharing your challenge. We wish you the greatest luck in your new role. I think you're going to slay it. I think you're going to do a great job. 
for those of you who are listening, I hope that you took something away from this particular podcast. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if any of you have a challenge that you're not so comfortable sharing on a podcast, please reach out to me. Anyways, my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Andrew, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your willingness to share exactly what's going on for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate the opportunity.